Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Moving Right Along, a Muppet movie podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. Normally, it's the podcast where we watch The Muppet Christmas Carol two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Anthony Strand. And I'm your other host, Ryan Rowe. Today, we are not talking about two minutes of The Muppet Christmas Carol. We are talking about the entire movie because we are joined by a very special guest indeed. Guest, would you please introduce yourself? My name is Paul, and I'm an an American song. I'm so used to saying my name is Paul, and I'm an alcoholic, so I should probably do that. (laughs) My name is Paul. I'm an alcoholic. I'm an American songwriter, and I have felt in my DNA, so... (laughs) I'm uh, I'm a, a regular associate, happily, of the Muppets. All right. So to to be clear, our guest is Paul Williams. Yes, we it's are, that Paul. <laughs> it's that Paul. We are so thrilled to have you on the podcast. Yeah, I think it's fair Muppet to say one of the most special, special guests we've had so far. You know, I, I had a really good time the last time I was here, and I've always been aware of, I mean, just from, from the, the beginning of referring to yourself as tough pigs there was something very hip and very muppet-esque about it so <laughs> all, always a pleasure and and the, you guys have been amazing advocates for uh, for the handsome family of 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 young and old geniuses that 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 amazing collection of of muppet performers sure well thank you so much and thank you for being here um, so the first thing, uh, as we get into it, I want to talk about before you worked on Muppet Christmas Carol, you obviously wrote the songs for Emma Daughter's Jug Band Christmas and the Muppet movie, but you hadn't worked with the Muppets uh, throughout the 80s. So do you remember that when Brian Henson called you to work on Muppet Christmas Carol? Do you remember that first conversation and how I, that went? I, I, I do. And, and the fact is, you know, you, I really have to address the fact that, that, you know, where I was in my life and how fortuitous it was that I was exactly where I was in my life when I got the call. I had my, you know, first, as I, I, you know, I, I, you know, you know, made that identification at the beginning. My name is Paul, and I'm an alcoholic because it really does apply to any conversation about the Muppet Christmas Carol. In 1989, I had my last drink. Uh, I woke up instead of coming to, uh, and the career that I thought I had had probably been gone for 10 years. I'd had an, an amazing career in the 70s. The 80s, I misplaced. You know, you're an alcoholic when you misplace a decade. And basically, the 80s were gone for me, you know. Uh, but but happily, my life, you know, I turned my life around and, and was, you know, was greeted warmly by a recovering community. So here I am, in the, at, you know, all of a sudden, and embracing it. I mean, I just, for the first time in my life, my connection had always been kind of through the music, you know, my connection with the world around me. But there there was a certain heart-to-heart connection that I don't think I had established really as fully as I did when I when I got sober. And I was embraced by the recovering community. I I was finally honest enough to say, I don't know what I'm doing and I need help. And people came out of the woodwork. So here I am in the midst of this suddenly feeling connected and loving the world around me. And I'm in the midst of a spiritual awakening when I am asked to write the songs for a movie about a man who has been lost in his greed, his addiction, you know, who is suddenly experiencing something that is turning his life around. And he emerges having had a spiritual awakening. You couldn't have picked a better subject at, at the more perfect time to be writing. And it, it's just... It's it's one of those things where you kind of look around and you go, wow, somebody's whispering to us. It was yeah. perfect. it was perfect timing. Wow, yeah, that's amazing. Um, had you read the book before you started working on the the songs? I'd read it many many years before, and I read it again when I when I heard from Brian. Sure, he got the offer. Uh, and you have you know to, to Brian's credit, God bless him, he was courageous. He he thought that it was the right thing for me to do, and uh, and to do alone. You know, I had I had written Evan Otter's Jug Man Christmas. I'd written the songs alone. I brought Kenny Asher in when I when I was asked to do the Muppet movie because I wanted those gorgeous melodies. And I just I have to tell you that when I looked at the 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 script of of the Muppet Christmas Carol, it just 
you know, I I felt the connection immediately. I felt that the this the sense of the of the timing and and why it was really important for me to do it and, and to do it on my own. Hmm. For for you know, for some time the phone had not been ringing. I was you know, I quit drinking and and the and the world did not go. Oh, thank God he's back! You know, let's start. Let's call him immediately <laughs> sure. and make sure that he gets all the jobs. Did not happen. I was you know, I I was probably more happier and more secure about just life in general than any other time in my life. All of a sudden I could wake up and there were no cravings for the drugs that I'd been using for, you know, for decades. uh, And, and it was just, it, it was, it was something where the phone rang and it was the perfect thing to do. And, and, uh, I will never forget the the process because it was this parallel to what I was going through in my own life and and even the way that I wrote. I think I talked to you guys once about how I wrote Scrooge and just you know we just basically wasn't even thinking about it. I had read the the the, the Dickens book, I'd read the script and I went and sat down in in, in a park with a little <laughs> recorder and and I knew I was supposed to write this song where we see we see Scrooge's feet and he's walking along and, and it was just, a, it just poured out of me. I, I started reading a Lawrence Block novel and when basically said big amigo or muse or whatever we call you guys up there. <laughs> when you have a great idea, let me know. We're going to, it starts with, with Scrooge's feet coming through, out of the door, going by these little creatures. And when it goes by, they seem to get colder. Let me know when you've got an idea. And I started reading this, this novel and I and I put it down after about three pages and I just poured out of me that when a cold wind blows it chills you chills you to the bone. I mean and I literally thought, okay, here's his feet, he's walking, but a bump 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 bump. When a cold wind blows it chills you chills you to the bone. But there's nothing in nature that freezes your heart like years of being alone. And I went, Wow, that's <laughs> You guys are really good, you know. <laughs> it was just right there. Wow. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. It's it was just it it just poured out of me and and uh and it was it's the easiest I've ever written in my life and I recognized along the, the way that that our best writing I think is is done with in with our unconscious. I mean, if hmm. we if we look at what we need to write, we can struggle over it every inch of the way or we can it's like trying to remember a name for the people that are listening that are not writers that that think they don't have a creative bone in their body i will remind them of that interesting thing that happens when you're trying to remember an old friend's name and you can't or the name of a favorite song or a movie and you can't and you go you forget about it and about either a day later or or like or like four hours later or in the middle of the night you sit up in bed and say susan hayward (laughs) it just comes to you yeah yeah. So, so while you have ignored this name, you could not remember your unconscious has been diligently going through all these spilled index cards in your brain. Going, yeah. Where the hell did he put it? Where did he put it? And that's kind of what the creative process has become for me in the last 32 years. It's much wow. easier. I get out of the way. I surrender to the task rather than trying to drive my way through it. Huh. Wow. So a minute ago, you mentioned that it was important for you that you were writing this one on your own and you had written the Muppet movie songs with Kenny Asher. How, how is your process different when you're writing on your own versus with the partner? Well, first of all, Kenny is, is a brilliant trained, is a doctorate in music and everything. And, and I will, I will go to my music director, Chris Caswell's house and say, God, I mean, it's just, you know, and, and, I don't even bother trying to find the chords anymore. I will go in and I'll start singing it to him and he'll start play, playing chords. And I'll go, no, 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 that's, that's wrong. That's in whatever. That's in, and he's gotten to the point where he really knows me. I'll, I'll you know, sometimes I'll, I will done a little bit of work on, on figuring out which chords, but I hear it fully or I hear it done in my head. I, you know, wow. and what will happen with Kaz is, and it's embarrassing because I'll go, there's a, there's a chord. And it's like the lost chord. I mean, I can hear it in my head. I know it exactly. This place, you know, when when love is gone, da dee da 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 dee da da, when love is sweet as love that we have ever known. Da, da, da. 
what what the hell is that? And we play. <laughs> and he just looks at the piano and goes boom, and he hits the chord. And I go, oh my god, that's amazing. That's it. What is it? And he go, a D. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? No, it's not. It's it's got to be something really bizarre, and it's got to be an add nine sus something. And he goes, no, it's a D. And he said, you you know, you're so wrapped up in trying to, you know, you know it's like so it's. I am just, you know, I have so little training. So between what's going on between my ears and my, and, you know, that's made the trip from my heart to up to my head. And now I'm trying to explain it to somebody. Thank God for, for really good, you know, good, great musicians like, like Kaz who goes uh, and plays it. Uh, You mentioned the script also a minute ago, when you got the script, did it have, basically like notes or cues for where all the songs would go or descriptions of what the songs should be. Oh yeah. There, you know, there was, I think it was, it was really very far advanced as opposed to, you know, I mean the, the Muppet movie, I think, you know, the Muppet movie was, you know, Jerry Jewell came in with a script, but I think even before that, there'd been conversations about this is, you know, what it, this is going to be like a road picture, sort of like Hope and Crosby off on the road, it's Muppets off on the road to Hollywood and how they right. get together and what if we did this and what if we did that. Uh, but of course, with Jerry's genius, he just, you know, he was just the, the perfect voice for as far as, guiding a story you know through through the whole the, through the film and all again and again and again he did it uh but, but uh you yeah, know this this was the, i think i think that somewhere along the line i think disney actually asked for a song about scrooge at the beginning oh okay i don't remember if that was was I think it came later. I'm remembering, and I, I incidentally I have been known to remember wrong. You know, it's <laughs> sure. a, it happens to everyone as the years roll by. I'll go, yeah, it was like, didn't Disney come in and ask for uh, screw? It? Somebody will appear and go, no, no, it was always there. You just, huh. it was the third one you wrote for some reason instead of the first. But, but. Uh, but I think that Scrooge was was one of the last songs that was added, except, uh, yeah, I think I think that was that was uh, it was pretty much everything was laid out, you know, as far as where the songs went. Okay. And, uh, so did did you sit down with Jerry Jewell on 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 either of the movies? Did you and Jerry like sit down and talk about the songs at all, or? Not a lot, you know. It's funny because the, the the subject matter, the songs that you know, the the placement for the songs is there, uh, but not so much the the subject matter. I mean, you know, it feels like Christmas or or one more sleep to Christmas is is just you know, it it came out of something with my kids. If my kids would count how many sleeps it was to Christmas, ah, uh-huh. of Christmas, you know, my little my son Cole and it was like you know. How many sleeps till Christmas, Dad? You know, <laughs> and, uh, so it was. Uh, uh, it, it's it's just you know the 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 language of those moments is mine, but the placement and and you know it's. it's I mean, there there are songs in there like "Bless Us All," you know, you know, for Tiny Tim that is like, I mean that song had to be about what it's about, no matter what, and that was that was designated. You know, by you know, by the, in the original manuscript and all, it's just it's it's such sure. a clear part of it. Uh, the uh, but yeah, it's it's wonderful the way the the you know the to to find something that feels like it's right for the moment that may be a little different than what maybe other people are expecting, and then to have something like Jerry Nelson singing, it feels like you know it's just yeah. It's to see it come alive with with somebody like Jerry Nelson's voice is uh, that's that's a special kind of payment. That's like wow, sure. like yeah, sure. yeah, that's a great one. Were you ever in the studio when they were filming it, or in the recording studio when they were recording the tracks? Well, you know, I was in the studio, for, you know, for uh, for all the vocals, and oh. that was that was. Uh, one of the great embarrassing moments was when I walked into the studio for the first time with Michael Caine, and I said, "You know, it's really great to meet you, you know, and and I finally get to work with you." And he went, "Are you out of your mind? 
we spent an entire weekend at the White Elephant in London. <laughs> we know, you were at the house. You know, but I went, whoops. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There were there are a few dark corners where memories hide, you know, <laughs> in those years and all. And, but, uh, but one of the most stunning performances uh, it, it, to, to me is is not only his singing when love is gone but the way he reacts to it being sung and and the uh there's not a i don't think i've ever written a song for a film that i felt like i had really nailed the task that is really job one for for a songwriter and writing the songs for a musical is that you write a, you advance the story and and you you you'd expose the inner life of the characters. And, and I felt like when love is gone was just such an important part of, of telling uh, the story of how he, you know, how he had become the man he was at that moment, what he had given up and why he had given it up uh, because of his, of his greed, his addiction to, to uh, being financially successful, his fear of, of poverty. Yeah. I think that one's also probably unique in all the songs and all the Muppet movies in that I don't think there are any others that are just sung by human actors. Wow. I have to it's think. just Belle and Scrooge. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, yeah, right. it's, it stands out in that way, too. Yeah. And, of course, you know, the, there's always a, a favorite... The, the, in almost anything that I do with the Muppets, there's there's usually a favorite moment with with Gonzo. And uh, I don't know, the, the Gonzo really got his his. Uh, I I finally delivered to Gonzo, and I I, I wrote wrote the story and the song, or co-wrote the story and wrote the songs for the Muppet Christmas uh, letters to Santa, and wrote a song called uh, "I Wish I Could Be Santa Claus" for Gonzo. That right. Felt like you know maybe that's what I should have delivered. Well, no, it it wouldn't have fit back in in the Muppet crew. I, at in, at any rate, the uh, there there are there are moments in in all the films that where you kind of go, wow, this is this is far way way past what I even had imagined it would be. Mm-hmm. And that certainly is is a, a fair description of 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 Scrooge's. It's, you know, he's singing the 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 couple songs that he sings, but especially his response to to when love is gone. Yeah, yeah, it's heartbreaking. Right, right. makes sense. Well, and actually, speaking of Gonzo, one of the things I wanted to ask you was: was there ever any talk of giving Gonzo and Rizzo a song in this? Like, was was that discussed? I don't remember. I I, I really don't remember. I think that that. Uh, one of the things that's really impressive about the film is is how how slick, how easily, and how how Gonzo and, and Rizzo managed to to fulfill their role as, as you know narrators, you know, contribute to the story, and don't stop being their own characters. Yeah, you know, and yet right. do such a terrific job of narrating the you know the the uh, the story. Uh, and I think that the the feeling may have been that there was there was enough Gonzo and Rizzo in that kind of little slightly removed place, you know, from from the rest of the story. Um, but I don't remember anybody ever. You know, it's like I know that that Dave never came in the room and went, "How could you?" <laughs> sure. Us out. What's wrong with you? Sure. Well, because you had written. I mean, I think uh, I'm going to go back there someday is maybe my favorite song in the Muppet movie personally. So it's not, it's not like you hadn't given Gonzo a good one, you know, already. You certainly had. We share, we share the same feeling about that, about Gonzo singing that song. It's just, and it was, and it was interesting because it's, you know, when you, when you think about, about Jim in the Muppet movie, there was, there was a really strong presence to, to Brian directing and, and he, Really, you know, was it's, I heard somebody said that Brian hadn't wanted to direct that. I'd never heard that because he was so efficient at it, and he was really hands-on and and doing an, an amazing job at all. And Jim was very kind of, you know, uh, 
there was something almost ethereal at times, <laughs> but, you know, especially if he if he was about to say no, you know, <laughs> with you know he would had get this kind of and with with Gonzo's song, there was never a song in the script for for that moment when uh, when they break down in the desert. But we actually we we found us an early draft of the script for the Muppet movie, and I think it it I want to say it said like Ralph and Scooter sing a song in that scene so it must have changed at some point in the process i i don't remember i don't remember that at all it's interesting to hear maybe that, that was a, a draft from before it made its way to you yeah i think i don't re don't remember that uh but it would make sense that that kenny and i would would cleave to something a little more sentimental and right you know it, the fact is that gonzo is a landlocked bird and i think so are we you know <laughs> all landlocked birds you know and uh you know, it just it just seemed like such a natural moment for him to you know. And I I I have a home in New Mexico, and I spent a lot part hunches, hunks of my childhood in New Mexico, and the desert skies are spectacular. Mm. And so you've got Gonzo looking at this massive you know universe, the sky, this the stars, and I thought you know it's for him it can be an incredible moment of of longing to return to the sky and and this that had kind of a spiritual observation of you know i'm going to go back there someday i've never been there but i know the way i'm going to go it's just so we wrote the song and then played it for jim and jim was it was interesting because he was like oh well now well well <laughs> how nice how pretty you know yeah and I think that you know, he he was and what we were hearing was that's the nicest no I ever got in my life. And a couple hmm. of days later, he came back and he said, "What if, what if Gonzo buys a bunch of balloons at a fair for for Camilla, and they're helium balloons, and he experiences flight? So you have something that's been on the screen that that represents." Gonzo's moment of a suddenly awareness of flight uh -huh. experiences it. So now he's out there and he's remembering that. And you'll notice in all that footage when Gonzo was up there and balloons are being shot out whenever he's never afraid. No, he loves it. <laughs> he loves he's having a great time. Home at last, home at last, you know. Yeah. That's so and, cool uh, that the song was what inspired the balloon scene and not the other way around. Yeah, that's that's exactly how I remember all of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, it's just, and it, you know, it's it's just when he came back and said, "Yeah, let's let's try that." There it was it was just, and then to hear Gonzo sing it, to hear that, well, you know, I've never been there, but I know the way. It's just, <laughs> it just, it's you know. It's it's like this this Willie Nelson voice that comes out huh. of Dave that is there Gonzo that is just so heartfelt, so yeah. so sweet. Yeah, it's one of the all-time great Muppet songs for sure. It's it's probably my top five songs I've ever written in my life. Huh. And well, probably, I mean it's it's you know rainbow connection is jim's and kermit's and it's just it's to, to even have had the opportunity to write that with with kenny and all we, we just we knew we wanted to write our version of uh, something as powerful as when you wish upon a star when jim right. and climbs up into that when the, the skylight takes off his hat and sings when you wish upon a star is just stunning we wanted to write something that was that had that that kind of impact so I mean, it's the way that song has lasted, and the way people have 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 really, you know, I mean, it's it's the I think it's 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 a it's something of Jim that really lives on in the song. Oh, yeah. And, but but I think that that maybe my favorite song. I, I'm almost afraid to say it, but my favorite song in sure. is is really I'm going to go back there someday. Sure. Right. Well, now you've done it. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> um, a, a lot, a lot of the songs you've written for the Muppets are about like family love or or you know friendship, brotherly brotherhood, kind of thing. Um, do you think that that's coming from Jim's philosophy or from you or or kind of a mix of both? 
I think I I think if you want to go to the absolute headwaters, I think it's it's probably in both of our our both of our in the center of both of our chests. I think that, sure. that there was an elegance of kindness in the man that that is that was uh, framed with humor that just created a, a an experience that was safe and funny and yet edgy and witty and good, good dark and mysterious and it was there was just so much there but i think if you get to the very core what what we really feel from the muppets is that 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 love you know that that's that that element of, of heart and kindness you know so yeah this one is a little bit of a departure from the muppet movie because they're it's it's an adaptation so they're playing different characters do you think that changed your approach to writing the songs at all or are you still just thinking i'm writing a song for kermit rather than i'm writing a song for bob cratchit i wasn't writing a song for kermit i was writing a song for bob cratchit or or right. you know or you know or tiny tim yeah and the script the script was written by jerry jewel he was the you know the voice that the the he first of all picking out the Muppet Christmas Carol. Picking out the Christmas Carol to to, to be a vehicle for the Muppets was a, a crazy good idea, <laughs> and so much better than. I mean, it's just it's it, it's. I don't know if I would have would have made that choice, but but the minute I sat down and began working on it, the minute I read the script, I went, "This is really special," you know, and uh, and again, it's it's that. That spiritual awakening we witness, you know, and the, and the film is about values. The film is is about, you know, you know what, you know what your returns are on on, you know, on greed and and avarice and greed and 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 what your returns are, you know, with you know for, you know, for true caring, you know, the the that 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 moment when his thankful heart is is awakened. When Scrooge's thankful heart is awakened, uh, I mean the biggest change in this in the story is 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 Scrooge. Yeah, yeah, he's the main and, character. You know, Cratchit basically survives and keeps it all together. You know, for everyone around him, as he did in the Muppet movie. It's it's kind of the everyman. You know, I've always thought that Kermit was probably more like Jimmy Stewart in It's a Wonderful Life than any other human actor I could ever. Look <laughs> at. But there's just that kind of you know with the you know, it, it it's it, it. There's something about the two of them and the way they kind of get well, 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 well lost in the, in the moment. <laughs> yeah, um, it's not it's not Gregory Peck, you know. You know, as Atticus Finch, it's 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 George Bailey who's trying to deal. What the hell am I going to do to survive? Uh, is is part of the the courageous strength. And humanity of <laughs> the humanity of that little frog. Sure. Yeah. That's a great comparison. Well, and especially, I mean, George Bailey is funny too, like Kermit. I mean, that's, that's the other thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, you mentioned Atticus Finch. That's not, that's not a funny character. That's not, that's and, not funny and, at all. But again, you go back to George Bailey and thinking about Sheldon Leonard as the bartender who is like a, a like, it's almost like a Muppet-esque villain, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Get out of here, buddy. You know, and take this guy <laughs> with you, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's it's those kind of those kind of characters in it's a wonderful life that are that are not dissimilar from the 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 uh the depth and the and the humor and and that little bit of a caricature of of evil and and sweet and and again it's it's amazing how human those moments I mean when in in the Muppet movie, when when Kermit's you know walking around and trying to figure out what the hell he's going to do, and you know and feeling that he like he's let everybody down, it's it's just, I mean that that could very much be a Frank Capra moment in a film. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. That's why these movies have kind of endured. I think people people see them when they're kids, and then they love them for their entire lives. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So uh, another uh, more specific, I wanted to get into a couple of the songs specifically, if that's okay with you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, 
you well we i feel like in in other interviews that we've read or heard we haven't heard you talk about marley and marley too much um yeah. is there what wh- how did you approach writing a song for statler and waldorf which it's the first time an original song had been written for statler and waldorf it was not written for statler and waldorf it was written for marley and marley oh, right right marley, marley, sure, <laughs> yeah go. Yeah, and I don't think there's any place in the movie where I where I turned more to to the original manuscript. I mean, the, like the uh, the language of of the song is is not, and I I don't have it in front of me and all, but he just the, the idea of avarice and greed and and some of the some of the language of of that song. Uh, is really right out of Dickens. I mean, it, it feels, I think, probably as much like like Dickens' ghost as. Uh, I mean, hopefully, uh, it's. Uh, I wonder how children are with that. I wonder if they find it frightening at all or just silly. I but, think, from what Brian Henson has said about it, I think the idea was like they were okay with scaring children a little bit. You know, it's still it's rated G, yeah. I guess, but yeah, right. yeah, yeah, just scaring kids a little bit is okay. So I can speak only to my my two own children who are four and seven, but they both think that that part is is funny. Like they 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 just think it's Statler and Waldorf. They they truly just find it hilarious that they're ghosts and shaking chains and like telling Scrooge that he's old or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. one of the things that that I think is is really really very cool about about marley and marley is that when you have two characters you can they can address things to each other as opposed to one trying to sing about his condition whatever where they can you know you have you know the information coming from one character to another character about who they are and and, and the like but you also have their the humor of what one says to another so it's a much easier song to write for two people than it is for one if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And it's really impressive how it does strike that balance of it's a funny song because it's being delivered by these two Muppets who we know are funny, but it, it also is delivering really serious information to Scrooge. Yeah. It's like straighten up your life, guys. Yeah. And I age your trouble. <laughs> exactly. And I wanted to mention that we've been watching the movie two minutes at a time for this podcast so we really start to pick up on things that we never picked up on before there's a a little lyrical trick that you did where marley and marley rhyme one syllable words with two syllable words in the following line avarice and greed rhymes with we just ignored the needy um hearts were painted black rhymes with put us both in shackles and now it's time to part rhymes with wretched and the heartless so I just wanted to say that I really, having finally noticed that, I really appreciate that little trick you did. Thank you. It's it, it's it, I'm I'm proud of that too. But it's no uh, cheeses and Mises, you know. That's a great one too. Yeah. <laughs> is that is that is that your favorite rhyme in the you know, movie? Talk about well, you know, it's it's I just love the characters. I you know, I love I love that that uh, when I wrote the song, I'm not sure that that I I guess that the the script really had it delineated that the amongst the characters were there were, you know, the church ladies, you know, the kind of the Salvation Army church mm-hmm. ladies. Must be so no. And then, you know, the, and that nah moment, which which Brian did, which is just perfect after they, you know, they first lovingly forgive him. He must be so lonely. He must be that nah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then they think, you know, I mean, I'm I'm like a nine-year-old, you know, when I'm watching <laughs> when I'm watching the Muppet Christmas Carol because, you know, I love the mice, and <laughs> I, 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 you know, there's the fact you have cantaloupe singing and the like fruit singing and all. It's just yeah. Well, that whole song <laughs> is a great example. Like it, it kind of brings you into the whole Muppet world of the movie because every animal, every fruit and vegetable, every everything is singing. They're all singing exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And what a you know when you wake up in the morning and you're gonna you're you're going to to work, uh, delivering songs for you know for cantaloupe and and mice. It's like you know how do you you know how how do you worry about the day? You know, is is there a right way to do it? Well, you'll know the the you'll know because the audience will tell you, and it's like all of a sudden it's. 30 years later and the audience has told us that they that, oh, yeah. that they love the movie. It's, it worked. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think that, and I and I don't think that I don't think that the songs got great reviews at the time the movie came out. I don't. I, I think that it might have been Variety that that, that actually kind of slammed them, or you know. Oh. But uh, it, you know, as I look at it, it feels like feels like really good work, and I'm really proud of it. I'm really oh, yeah. proud of the association. They the, to get to write for you know these amazing actors because flat out we're talking about we're talking about great great actors you know you know that are you know that are stand behind the filth you know that mm-hmm. are just stunning talents you know and improvisationally as well as as singing something you write for them or saying something that's been written for them but but the the life that is brought to the characters by the Muppet performers is is beyond just a couple lines it is the absolute character of the of the, the the creatures these gentlemen and ladies created and it's pretty impressive to to even get get a chance to be around that let alone hear your own words coming out of those those wonderful little felt mouths yeah. <laughs> uh, there's also the two songs that didn't actually make it into the movie room in your heart and chairman of the board which are both great songs i guess was there just a decision that it would kind of slow down the pacing or i i think that it was just it was overwritten you know it's sometimes mm-hmm. you know you're like write this and write this and how we need a song here for chairman of the board whatever and and uh i think in in the flow of it's you know it's you know those were decisions in the in the editing room i was not a never never a part of and right the only one that that and i accepted what you know what they chose to do about about uh when love is gone and was very disappointed, but, but accepted that. But what's interesting is that the audiences really didn't. I feel like one of the things that has been most satisfying for me is, you know, and it, a lot of it's through tough pigs and, and the, the, this, the, the various places where the, the Muppet fans can, can voice their opinion. Uh, I love that chorus. So put it back, put it back. And yeah, and I don't know whose idea it was to restore the song for the VHS release, but that's that's how most people heard it, and they grew up watching that VHS tape. So now they expect that song to be there, and they're yeah, they're so disappointed when it's not. And how about the fact that that the you know that for years the footage was gone. But some unsung editor decided to just make a copy of the print and put it in a drawer, unmarked. <laughs> this is what I've heard. Oh, is that, that what happened? You know, and and basically, one day somebody opened a drawer and went, "Wow, guess what we just found? Wow, so it's there now to return." And yeah, and we haven't heard anything official, but I think there's going to be, as we record this, there's going to be a, a 30th anniversary event at D23, if I'm, if I have that right. So we're exactly. like a lot of people, we're, we're kind of crossing our fingers that there's an announcement that they're going to announce like a 4K re-release with the song back in. My lips are sealed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe by the time this episode comes out, we'll know more and we will link to it in the show notes if so. I, I'm hoping. Um, I'm hoping that by the time this episode comes out, you have a wonderful announcement to make and all. But uh, in in the meantime, uh, the uh, the way that 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 Disney has has continued to 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 lean into the Muppets and and that it feels like there's a real life there and a real a real respect and and uh, that uh, you know I mean it just it it's it's nice to see that there's that kind of energy and and uh and deep caring for you know for not only the 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 work ahead for the for the muppets but for the work that they've done because the 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 history the you know the 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 catalog is yeah is uh is is pretty impressive jim jim was has left us with so much to to uh to celebrate yeah and we're always optimistic about what's coming next yeah come on (laughs) right so I think it's time. Uh, did, did you have any other questions, Ryan, before before we get to our closing questions? Um, we kind of covered most of the songs, either specifically or generally. Actually, I guess did we didn't did we really talk about "Bless Us All"? Not really, but you know, I, th- I just the, that it's really you know, you know, it's it's a prayer. 
Yeah, it's such a sincere song. Prayer and and I think that that uh, that the the lines about you know let us always run you know like uh, run from anger catches when we fall teach us in our dreams and look please you know bless us one and all. I think that that there is. I mean, I'm not going to mention mention the organization by name that saved my life. You can find it at the front of the phone book. But, <laughs> but that organization, like I think that some of the principles of of our recovery, you know, as as uh, designated and then magically designed by that program, I think is uh, is in some of the lyrics of that song. I sure. Think that, sure. Uh, sure. There might be just a little something there that uh, that that might have been written that by Paul Williams in recovery that he would never have maybe wouldn't have written before. Ah, and uh, that's so credit where credit is due. It is. It's possibly the most spiritual those characters have ever been is in that song, just because it sounds like a prayer, like you say. Yeah, it, it's a prayer. Yeah. Well, well, and. This obviously isn't in Muppet Christmas Carol, but when the river meets the sea from Emmett Jugman Christmas feels very spiritual to me as well. So played it in um, funeral. It was, it's, uh, you know, that what we haven't talked about with is the amazing reaction and response to, to Emmett Otter's Jugman Christmas uh on broadway or rather in new york at the at the new vic and you know we were closed down because of of uh of COVID. as yeah the, basically the entire town was closed down because of COVID. people kept getting sick but in the meantime that sweet little story uh and that amazing amazing uh gift from jim henson Got the best reviews I've ever read in my life. Oh yeah, so we'll be back. We'll be back in New York with Emma Otter. Probably not not this year, just being based on availability of theaters. But next year for sure. And uh, and uh, I'm glad you brought up uh, when the river meets the sea because I feel I feel that that would be the other example I would have given of something sure. that that, uh, that feels really like Americana spiritual. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, it it's gorgeous. I mean, it is. what a great song. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. Yeah, and then I just wanted to briefly mention uh, "Thankful Heart," which is interesting because Michael Caine sings that entire song by himself, and he's not known for being a singer, but he does a, a very decent job in it. Yeah, yeah. He's he was spectacular. I think at at every turn. Yeah, and it's kind of like the opposite of the the opening Scrooge song, which is everybody telling scrooge how terrible he is and this one is scrooge telling everyone how nice he's going to be from now on so that's exactly. a, a spiritual, nice bookend spiritual awakening yeah yeah exactly um the only other sort of uh general question i was curious about um a lot of miles goodman's score for the film incorporates bits and pieces of your songs did you work directly with him on that or did he just kind of get your songs miles. and work from there Miles pay grade is way above mine. He managed <laughs> okay. to put that together so beautifully, and also, and uh, and that was you know that that's that's one of the real treats about about being a songwriter. When, you know, when all of a sudden you you know, I'll, I'll write a song with with Jerry Goldsmith for the Secret of Nim. I write the words, he writes the music, and then all of a sudden you're sitting in the theater, and during a scene, like twenty minutes away from where the song is, you're hearing that music that I that I wrote the lyrics to, and and it's yeah. just all of a sudden it, it's a very adult moment. <laughs> kind of going, that, well, wow. that's another one that I grew up watching as a kid, and I, I always loved that song at the end of the Secret of Nim. Yeah. Oh, he was brilliant. He was a, and a dear friend. Hmm. Yeah. So the so the three questions we've been asking every guest, um, but which will obviously your experiences will be different from most of our guests who are just fans. Uh, do you remember the first time you saw the movie? I saw the, the final cut. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I th I I saw it in I saw it in a a, a screening. Uh. And by then I'd seen uh, seen it a lot. I'd been you know at at mixes and and the like and, and all. Uh, so I don't remember the specific first time, uh, but I know watching it at home with my kids 
you know, was, you know, and by the time it came out, you know, it came out in, in 92 mm-hmm. and was like 11. Mm-hmm. My daughter was like nine or eight, rather. That was just a, 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 an amazing experience. And it pro- was certainly not the first time I saw it, but just about as good as it gets is sitting with your kids, you know, watching something that, that is they're laughing at and they're giggling. And they're, and, uh, and, uh, and I think they'd probably seen bits and pieces of it as I was working on it and all. And, uh, but, uh, but as opposed to the first time, if I jump into like life these days and all, and to, to jump online and, and read some of the things that people write about, about what the, the movie means to them is just, it's, it's again, that's, that's the heart payment in this whole yeah. deal. That's as good as it gets sure. for songwriters to go, wow. <laughs> and, or, or to find some little girl, you know, singing rainbow connection, mm-hmm. you know, like, it was like tiny, like, my size and sing, you know, but but uh, <laughs> it's, it's really sweet to see the the life that 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 the movie has today. And, oh yeah, it's it's just considered one of the all time great holiday I, classics. Now. I think it has a strong future. I think yeah, it's yeah. Got there's you know I have grandchildren that that are going to be seeing it and uh, and they'll have kids that'll see it as well. I hope I won't be around for that, but I'll be around. Huh. Wow. Um, so then the, the other question, the next question is how, how often do you watch the movie? Like, do you, do you watch it every year or do you, do you watch it ever? Oh, oh yeah. I, I think I, pro- I probably watch it once a year, especially in, in the last few years. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, there's been a, 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 a surge of, of, of appreciation and, and respect that, uh, that you just can't ignore, you know, and to, to, to look at it, you know, it's like I, I love it. I love it when somebody says something wonderful about the songs and the like. But when I sit down and watch it, what I see is all the rest of, of what they're really talking about. What they're really talking about is this spectacular uh, uh, effort of, of Brian's that that has put together a, a stunning piece of art mm. that that is that is an homage to the creative genius that that is you know that is his family tree uh is is respectful and and faithful to a story that is as as much a part of christmas as anything that i think i've read and yeah. uh, and manages to to do it with humor and and grace and just it's really impressive it, like right down the line all those muppet performers all, all, all the you know the, the set design right down the line miles work it's so uh, it's really really impressive to watch and appreciate absolutely and then the last question we've been asking all of our guests is where would you rank it among the muppet movies or maybe maybe that's impossible for you to say <laughs> i i don't know but do you do you have well, a favorite muppet you movie know, it's you know they're all that's like you know as far as as I mean, I won't even I won't even compare it to like all all the Muppet movies. I can only compare it to the ones really that in its in all fairness and the ones that, that I was involved in, you know. So sure, sure. Uh, so uh, I just I think as far as as delivering for a script, I think it's the best work I did I've done mm-hmm. for for maybe any of the pictures that that, that I wrote more than one song for. Uh, Emmett Otter, of course, is is just you know, and then I mean, the three the three major things that I worked on, Emmett Otter, Muppet Movie, and, and Muppet Christmas Carol, are all really really dear to me, and I'm really really, really proud of the association with those and all. Uh, the little TV special I worked, I got the idea for the story. My wife Mariana's in the room right now, and I turned to her in bed and said. I've got an idea for the Muppet TV special. And she said, go see Jim Foley at Disney. And I went, the whole couple of the whole <laughs> Yeah. So I did. And when, when we, it was made, and, and I'm really proud of that. But there's something about the Muppet Christmas Carol that is, that is, it's, it feels like the largest of the three. Hmm. One that has, you know, uh, this, the strongest future. 
because of, of of the fact that it just it's it's earning its place in the world's Christmases, you know. And uh, I mean, I, I just you know, I'm sorry, I I I, I almost can't really answer that. I no, that's okay. Sure. It's, no, of course, <laughs> understandable. Yeah, I think, I think it's hard it's, for us to rank all them up at movies too because yeah. we love them all. So yeah, yeah, but I think that that as far as looking at the whole thing, that has to be my favorite except for Emma no, except for the mother except for- <laughs> <laughs> sure sure well uh, that's all for today thank you so much for joining us thank today, you Paul. it's my it's my pleasure and there was no way that I was going to miss miss this opportunity you guys have been fabulous and and have a great Christmas and uh maybe we'll talk after d23 all right <laughs> <laughs> all right sounds good Stay well. Thanks for right. your, thanks for your advocacy and your and your kindness. Thanks for your generosity with your time. It's we really really uh, appreciate it. You got it. Talk to you soon. I hope. Yes. All right. And listeners, we will be back next week with a regular episode of Moving Right Along. But until then, you can always find Tough Pigs on the internet at toughpigs.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all over the place. You can support us on Patreon if you feel so moved to do. You can follow Ryan personally on Twitter at me, Ryan Rowe. You can follow Paul Williams on Twitter at I am Paul Williams. The letter I, the letter M, Paul Williams. He's and you should, if, you, if you only choose one of us, you should definitely follow him instead of me. <laughs> right. He's, he's on Instagram, too, at Paulilama2, P-A-U-L-I-E. L-A-M-A, the number two. You can follow Ryan on Letterboxd at Movies Are Neat and me on Letterboxd at Zeppo Marxist. And you'll find us right back here next week with a regular episode of Moon Right Along. Thanks again to our guest, Paul Williams. Good night. Good night.